0: So we're going to look at this um, Psalm 22 this afternoon. Um, It's a pretty tough read, isn't it? Um, And there's lots of stuff in here that obviously echoes um, a lot of what we have looked at over Easter as we have remembered um, the Lord Jesus' death um, and what that has actually meant to us. But what we also want to do is to think about what was going on in the life of David at this time and what impact that had on him and also what that means for us. Um, for us as a society now, um, we live in a pretty comfortable part of the world. Um, we don't really um, see suffering as being something that um, we expect. Um, it isn't something that we as a society think is going to be there. We, we expect to be comfortable. We expect to be, be looked after. But as we read through this psalm, we see um David writing at a time whenever he was going through a real um, a place of anxiety, a real place of struggle, a real place of suffering for what he was doing. We're not quite sure what aspect of his life this was happening in. Um, it could well have been whenever he was on the run um, from King Saul, his predecessor. It's maybe more likely to be a time whenever he was actually on the run from his son uh, Absalom, who had actually launched a coup against David to try to take over the throne. And David and all his advisors had actually run away. And so he was in this place where not because of anything he had done, he was actually suffering. He was in a place where he was far away from God. But as we read through this psalm, uh, one of the things that we will see very clearly is that David does not ask for the suffering to be removed. He actually asks for God to be with him in the suffering is what he's longing for and what he's hoping for. So David is crying out of his suffering um, to, to God. In our society, um, there is much that we can, can see where there is real suffering going on. Um, the Bible is very clear to us as Christians that we are to expect things to be tough for us. As we read in this passage in 1 uh, in Peter we read about Peter last week and about him being restored to the Lord, and he writes this to the early churches and he says, As we read um, sorry, apologies, go back. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening, but rejoice in much as you participate in the suffering of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. So what um, Peter says to us here is, as we um, come um, this afternoon in KCC, is that we will, as we seek to live for God, as we seek to walk with him, we're going to face situations that are going to be quite difficult, they are going to be be quite tough for us to go into and we should be aware of that we should be expecting that because um, we have actually um, come into a world that is broken and um, a world that has fallen but we also have come into places we have decided to follow Jesus where we are um, entered into a battle place and where we need to come and we need to um, to recognize that uh, we need God's help and his enabling but as David does in this psalm, he comes in this desperate situation and he prays this prayer to God and he lays on him the stuff that is anxiously causing him problems in his life. Um, And it's not a surprise what he writes in this psalm to God. Sometimes we are really quite polite towards God when we pray and God is actually saying, I know What you're going through. I care about you. I know what you're experiencing in your life. I know the difficulties that you have. I know the anxieties that you have. I know the stress that you have in your life. And what I want you to do is to come and to lay those things before me. I want you to come and to actually talk to me about those things. And it's not by accident that this Um, these verses, particularly this verse 1 and 2 that we read here about how he feels that God has completely deserted him, that in his time of trouble, he just doesn't feel God's presence there. He doesn't know God's presence with him in the midst of this difficulty. And he writes that down. He says that this is how I feel God. Mm -hmm. This is what it's like. And this did not be tucked away somewhere. This was put into... The Psalter into the the the, this was the uh, Jewish psalm or the Jewish songbook, and so they would sing about this um, in their worship services that they would have. This was something that was there, and it's to say, okay, people, I want you to be real with me. I want you to come and to actually share your anxieties with me. I want you to cast your burdens upon me. Also, what he calls us to do is in doing this publicly. What he's also asking for is for those around him to know where he is at and to pray for and to support him. And so for us as believers um, uh, this afternoon, as we face difficulties in our lives, we need the support and the help of one another. And it says here in Galatians 6, these words, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfil the law of Christ. And what's the law of Christ? To love one another. And so we need to be people who actually do that. And so as we face difficulties in one another's lives, we need to be there to pray for one another. We need to be there to support one another. And we need to be there telling each other about what is going on in our lives, about the things that we're facing, about the difficulties that we have. Also, what we, we discover is that God by his Holy Spirit is actually living in our lives. And as we go through the tough times, even whenever we don't have the words to even express what we're going through, it tells us here in Romans 8 that the Holy Spirit um, actually intercedes on our behalf before the Father with groans that words cannot even express. So he knows how we feel. He knows where we're actually up against it. And he is there for us. He's on our side. He actually wants to actually um, intervene in our lives. But as we read through this psalm, we read many echoes of what Jesus did for us on the cross. This psalm was written probably around about a thousand years before Jesus um, died on the cross. So as David pours his heart out to God in this psalm, the Holy Spirit prompts David to write stuff down that then Jesus uses. So these words in these first two verses are the words that Jesus uses upon the cross to actually, um, as he faces Death, as he faces separations from his fathers he takes the burdens of our sin upon himself, and he uses the words of the psalm also as we read later in the psalm in verses sixteen to eighteen they pierced my hands and my feet, all my bones are on display, people and stir and gloat over me, they divide my clothes among them, and cast lots for my garments. This is what happened to Jesus a thousand years later that he was separated from his heavenly father, that he was in that place of suffering for us in our place and in our stead, that we might have relationship with him. And this was foretold all this time before. They didn't know about crucifixion at this time. This wasn't something that was done. This wasn't something that was practiced in David's day. But yet, uh, David the psalmist writes these things down there to actually foretell what Jesus was going to do and, and just to reassure us and to know that this is part of God's plan for us. Um, and we've described this type of psalm as a messianic Psalm, because it's foretelling the coming of the Messiah and what he's going to do and what he's going to endure and face for us. But as we face suffering, as we come to that to this God, we come to a God who knows about suffering. He has went through it before us, and he's went through more than anything that we can experience. He has actually been through that before us. In Hebrews um, uh, 4, verse 15, we read these words, For we do not have a high priest, that is Jesus, who is unable to feel sympathy for our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So we've got this this um, high priest, this This relationship with Jesus where he is someone who actually knows how we feel he knows what we have been through he knows what we have experienced and much much more than that he knows what it is to suffer he knows what it is to go through difficulties so we come to a God who is sympathetic and who actually knows what it's all about and he can he can he wants us to come and to share that with him in verses one and two Um, David, in the midst of this difficulty, which we are not quite sure what that was, he um, feels the absence of God. He doesn't know God's presence there with him. He has experienced God in the past in his life. He's seen God at work in other situations in his life. Um, He's seen victories, great victories happening. But at this stage, David does not feel the presence of God with him. But the reality is that God is with him. And as he goes on in this psalm, we will actually see that David begins to recognize that for himself, that despite his feelings, despite how he, how he feels at that time, God is there, God is with him. Um, there's a, a wonderful book written by C.S. Lewis called A Grief Observed. Um, and this was um, C.S. Lewis writing about the death of his wife and how he coped with that afterwards. Um, he, had, he knew all about what the Bible taught about, about grief. He knew all the right answers. But yet, in this stage, as he goes through this experience himself, he actually um, finds that heaven was shut, that he just felt separated from God, That he knew the reality was different, but yet in what he, in the pain that he was going through, he felt separated from God and he was struggling with that. And for us this afternoon, we will face struggles in our lives. We will face anxieties. We'll even face depression. We will face mental illness. There's, there's tough things that we will actually come through. But the good thing is that God is with us and that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And that he, that we have the confidence that he is there at our right hand, that he is our helper, that he's the one that can overcome, that he is with us. Despite what our emotions may say, despite how we may be feeling, God is with us. He is committed to us completely and wholeheartedly. In verses 3 to 5, then, um, David begins to look back away from his troubles and he begins to think about what God has done in the life of the people of Israel how God has rescued them from some really desperate situations when they were in slavery in Egypt, God stepped in and actually rescued them and brought them out of that situation. How he has been at work in in lots of different ways in in the lives of his people, and he begins to look um, around and begin to see that. But as he goes through, he begins to see that there are those around. And he talks about all these things like dogs. And we think of dogs as nice little pets and lovely. This this is more of a slightly more snarling, nasty guard dog type dog that he's thinking of here. And about lions and things that are out and people that are out to actually bring him down. People that are looking at him, that are mocking him. That are actually saying, okay, you trust in God, so what? Your life's a mess. Everything's going wrong for you. And they were, they were actually um, throwing abuse at him. And for us, um, this afternoon, as we seek to follow Jesus, we are going to be going into a battle where we will face opposition. And we need to be aware of that. We need to be aware that there are going to be, um, there is forces of evil that are coming against us. So as we become Christians, we come and we say, "Yeah, we're going to follow Jesus," and we leave um, the darkness and we come into the light. We leave the death; we come into we come to life. We leave um, the the kingdom of Satan and we come into the kingdom of God. And so we we are transferred and we come into a battle situation. We come into a situation where we have got an enemy. That we need to be aware of, and that we need to be, um, uh, we need to be uh, conscious of. It talks about here in Ephesians um, six verses eleven to thirteen. Put on the full armor of God, so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm. And then again in Peter, the actual, the rest of it. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. We've already looked at that. But he also says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him Stand firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. So what God would call us to do today is that we need to be alert. We need to be aware that we're in a battle situation, that we're going to face opposition, that we're going to face difficulties. But that he has given us the power to overcome because he has overcome. He has actually dealt with Satan. He has dealt with with him and he can enable us as we stand in his strength to be able to overcome that and be able to get through that. In verses nine to 11, David goes on to remember that God has been with him right throughout his life, right from the very beginning, right from when he was born. And um, God was there with him, looking over him, helping him when he was helpless, when he was weak, God was watching over and taking care of him. He was loved by God. And for us, we need to remember that even when we are facing difficulties and hard times, um, um, that we are loved and cared for by God. It says in Corinthians these words, Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has he- heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has preferred for those who love him. And this is basically saying that God has got um, loves us so much that he has got so much that he has ready for us, that he wants to bless our lives with, that he wants to bring into our lives. We also, in, in uh, 1 John uh, 4 verse 10, says this, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. And again, the saying about this is, I am so committed to you people, I so love you, I so care for you, that I sent my son the Lord Jesus, to come and to rescue you and to bring you into relationship with with me, to bring you back into life with me. So this afternoon, even where life may be tough and may be hard, God loves you with a love that cannot be measured. He cares for you with um, a a love that, that just is beyond our imagining he is committed to you he wants the best for you and he is someone that is completely trustworthy he is someone that you can hold on to and he will sort this out because he loves you and he cares for you and he wants what is best for you in your life in verses 12 to 18 david again talks about how the strong is closing in the weak. And again, we need to know this afternoon that even though that's the, may, the way it may seem, is that God is able to overcome. In John 16, uh, verse 33, it says, "I have told you these things that you that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world." And again, this was uh, as we finished our, our passage in John last week. Again, he's saying, here is, okay, there's going to be trouble. There's going to be tough times. There's going to be hard things you're going to be facing. But I'm going to be with you. I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to give you peace, even despite those troubles. And I have overcome the world. I have conquered. I have overcome. And again, it says in 1 John um, 4, um, Dear children, um, you dear children are from God and have overcome them, that is the world, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And we need to hold on to that. Despite what things may be going on around us, um, he is the Lord of all. He is the one that is the one that we can trust completely. We begin to see a sea change in the way that David talks in verses 19 to 26. Um, he recognises he needs God. We we all recognise as we are up against that we need God in our lives, that we need his, his help and his intervention. He recognises that God will win the victory, that God will overcome. And he begins to talk again, um, looking ahead to one day when every nation will come and we'll actually bow to Jesus. So we're looking here, not just at Jesus' death and his resurrection, we're looking to his coming again, to what we're actually looking forward to, to where um, we're actually going to. And we long today, not for the here and now, Um, God does not call us and make us, uh, bring us into his family, and we immediately go to heaven. Wouldn't that be lovely if that happened? But that isn't what happens What happens is we have got to walk with him here in this tough situation that we're in at the moment, in this tough life, but we're looking ahead to a better future. We're looking ahead to him coming again and for us to be able to go and be with him where he is going to wipe away every tear, where he's going to heal every disease, where there's going to be no more death or suffering, where there's going to be no more sin or sorrow, where we are going to be with him And we're going to be able to rejoice in him. Paul writes it this way, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. So for those of us who have got wonky bodies, which is most of us, um, we're going to get new bodies. We're going to be transformed. We're going to be um, able to be with him and to to actually experience experience, um, his glory. And then in Romans 8, Paul writes there, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits an eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Um, this present suffering that Paul was writing to the church about in Rome, um, this wasn't that they'd stubbed their toe and that they were having a hard time because of that. They were going through really tough times. They were facing imprisonment. They were facing beatings. They were facing death. But that paled into insignificance compared to what they were looking forward to seeing. And for us this afternoon, as we seek to follow Jesus as we seek to um, live for him. Yes, we were going to face tough times, but he is with us and he will help us to overcome. But we're looking forward to a better day, a day when he will come again and when justice will be done, where suffering will end, where we will have that, that fulfillment of everything that he has promised to us. We long for that day to come. So this afternoon, if you are in a place where you are feeling anxious, if you're in a place where you're struggling, perhaps with folk who are making your life really difficult because you're following Jesus, if there's other things that are happening in your life that really are causing you anxiety or tough times, from this psalm, God would say to you, start talking to me about it. Start talking to God's people about this, and please get get prayer for this. So, um, at the end of our service, Marco will t- will say this anyway. We we actually want people to come forward and be prayed for, um, and there's a group of us here that would really love to do that. And um, so, if you feel actually, yeah, I I would love to be prayed for please just come up talk to mark or talk to me and either us or or we'll get someone to pray with you and just talk those things through in your home groups and um, or we're we'll having youth group later on tonight and that is the stuff that you want to share the stuff that you that you want to to have prayed for please talk about that please share that because we would love to be able to encourage you and to keep you moving on and um, with the lord amen